Welcome to the Iron Mike Keenan Show. The stories behind the stories from the hockey world as witnessed firsthand by the man who was there serving as head coach for eight NHL teams, including the Philadelphia Flyers and Chicago Blackhawks in the Stanley Cup Finals and the New York Rangers as they captured the Cup and ended their 54-year drought. Add to this Iron Mike's time served as head coach in the KHL in Russia and China as well as winner of the Gagarin Cup. And you've got a perspective on the sport few others have. Coach Iron Mike is joined by Hockey Hall of Fame journalist, award-winning author and commentator Scott Morrison. Here they are, Iron Mike Keenan and Scott Morrison. Welcome to the show. Good Sunday and uh, happy Mother's Day to uh, all the mothers that are listening. And uh, I welcome now the mother of all coaches and uh, Iron Mike. And uh, what a special day this always is, Mother's Day. It really is, and uh, as you know, I've talked to you about it uh, quite a bit, and others, how influential my mother was in shaping my life, uh, and uh, maybe uh, her real name, her name was Thelma, maybe it was Iron Thelma, so a uh, very strict disciplinarian, uh, Catholic raised, and uh, everything was done diligently, but I had a great deal of respect and love for her. Absolutely, and all the best to all the mums today, and uh, for the mums that uh, we've lost along the way, uh, we think of them and uh, and uh, and all the great memories, so uh, enjoy the day, everyone, and uh, being a hockey show, we there is a phrase called hockey mums, Mike, you're well aware of it, and the, they're the ones that dragged our sorry butts out of bed at yeah. the, the crack of dawn, and when it was deathly cold, uh, especially up here in the great white north and uh, made sure that uh, dad got his butt out of bed too and uh, got us to the rink on time. So thanks to all the mums for all they do and all they've done. Excellent uh, synopsis, Scott, because I do remember my mother uh, dragging me uh, to to the minor hockey in Whitby and, and I could tell you a little story about her and and uh, we always had a, a wrap-up banquet. All the minor hockey kids in Whitby and all the executives would be together. It was, you know, typical hot dogs and Coke. But uh, one day she sat beside me at this function. She turns to me and says, you've got to thank all these adults for helping all you children. I turned around and said, what? She says, right now stand up and thank all the men and women in here that help you children enjoy the sport and enjoy playing hockey every day. So it was quite uh, an interesting moment in my life with her, but uh, something she, she just uh, insisted I do in terms of being involved with the community. It was good. good it was good, good fun, actually. Yeah, good on her. Good lesson. And you remember it to this day. So yeah, no that question. Tells you everything. Tells you everything you need to know about good lessons. So. So anyway, anyway, rather, again, happy Mother's Day. And uh, lots to discuss again this week, Mike. Never a dull moment in the hockey world. And uh, we'll start uh, with a long story that should pretty much get us right through uh, this being radio show number 17, podcast number 38, through a large chunk of today's chatter. But lots to talk about, lots of debate, and uh, and lots of, uh, I'm sure, opinion from you, uh, about what transpired and uh, the Tom Wilson story, we'll call it. Uh, we've talked about Tom, the Washington Capitals winger earlier in the season when he was involved in a 
in an incident, a disciplinary incident with uh, Brandon Carlo, the Boston Bruins got a seven-game suspension for uh, a pretty violent hit in the corner of a game. And uh, Tom's been on uh, the disciplinary watch for a number of years. Great hockey player, but uh, tends to step over the line. And uh, Tuesday night, in the opinion of many, in a game against the New York Rangers, one of your former teams, uh, it was viewed that he stepped over the line again, Mike, uh, in a scrum uh, late in, in that game involving a couple of Rangers. General thoughts to start. And well, well, I think, I, think uh, I, I agree with you. I think that he did step over the line. It's one thing to be a tough competitor and, and uh, be combative, but uh, when you're uh, going into a situation or, or uh, attempting to hurt people, uh, disable them or or take them out of their game, take them out of their profession, uh, banging people's heads on the ice, uh, things of that nature. Uh, certainly is a great debate right now and discussion about uh, he was only given a $5,000 fine. And there's no need for it in terms of, uh, you know, and it's, it's caused a great deal of, uh, of discussion this week with the New York Rangers and and we'll go on and talk about it. But uh, uh, I had many, many tough players, and the toughest. But there was a line that everyone sort of respected. Mark Messi comes to mind as one of the greatest players and, and a tough, tough competitor and fierce and, and mean, but uh, knew where that line was in terms of respect for others and, and others uh, that play the game and make a career out of it. That's their livelihood. So I don't know, uh, and he's a repeat offender, so I don't know why he can't understand or, or grasp the idea of of being competitive, being competitive, even fighting, but uh, not to extent where he's now, you know, as I said, banging somebody's head against the ice. It's, there's no need for it. There's it's It's not something that should be part of this game ever. And for some reason, he just, a young man, he just can't comprehend it. And maybe in the fit of anger, but there's no excuse for it, Scott. So let's uh, just set the scene a little bit, Mike. Is um, In that game, there's a, <clears throat> uh, a scrum around the, the Capitals net and the, the Rangers forward, Pavel Buzhnevich, uh, poking at the puck and the defenseman comes in, Wilson comes in. Uh, basically to eliminate him and uh, quote-unquote protect the goaltender. Uh, Busnevich goes down, Wilson's down on his knees, uh, Busnevich is face down, Wilson gives him a punch to the shoulder head, not a punch that he could give, but a punch nonetheless, and his head is on the ice. Um, then a scrum ensues, kind of a wild melee. Somebody pulls Wilson off the pile, then Artemi Panarin jumps on Wilson's back, for lack of a better term, and uh, then they get engaged in a wrestling match, and uh, Wilson, being the bigger, stronger guy, grabs Panarin and basically, to borrow a wrestling phrase, pile drives him into the ice, sort of uh, head first, and uh, that could have been a really, really ugly incident. Panarin didn't have a helmet on at that point, and uh, it, was a, it was a vicious uh, slam, um, so I'll get your thoughts on that. Was all of that excessive against two players who are not known to be aggressive players, but they're involved in a scrum nonetheless. And then 
Wilson called it just a scrum you see a thousand times a season, and so did the NHL. Unfortunately, that, that's exactly what transpired and uh, <clears throat> to a point where you can, you can, as I said, uh, be combative and so on, but to the extreme where now you're, you're taking on uh, two guys that don't know anything about fighting, basically, and, and don't know anything about uh, that part of the game. Uh, uh, Panarin is now gone for the rest of the season. He's probably got, got a concussion. And uh, uh, t- for Tom uh, to describe the incident like that is, is again, it, 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 it begs the question, does he really understand what he's doing or has anybody ever uh, you know, pointed out to him? I think he's lost $1.2 million in fines and time spent yeah. in suspension over, over time. So, uh, again, it's unacceptable. And for the NHL to take that stand uh, was a surprise, a surprise for me, Scott. I thought it would be Should he have been a a, suspended? I think he should have been suspended. I thought the fine it, it could have been a lot harsher than it was. Um, it, but, yeah, in my opinion, he should have been suspended. It was a repeat offender. And then, as I said, the... Uh, there's no, there's no room in our game for that kind of behavior, and uh, to to think anything less of it, and and I'm surprised that the NHL uh, didn't take it more seriously. I I, I don't know if they think a five thousand dollar fine is serious, but it wasn't serious enough, Scott, for this situation. Well, a couple things. One is that five thousand dollar fine under the circumstances of how they chose to rule on this was the maximum they could hand out. And that's negotiated by both the players and league management slash owners. So that one's written down under, as I say, the way they decided to to rule on it. Um, But I've heard my subsequent, a lot of former players, I guess, weighing in on the situation saying, Okay, he was excessive, but, and it could have been worse. Panarin, God forbid, could have really been worse, slamming into the ice. But you can't punish him for what could have happened. You can only punish him for what happened. How do you feel about that logic? Uh, Well, in in my view, again, uh, he wasn't punished enough for what did happen. I mean, as, as, as we said, Panarin's out for the rest of the season. And uh, there was a time when I was a general manager and I can remember an incident in St. Louis and Jeff Cortno, uh, I forget who d- took it, but somebody two handed him over the wrist and broke his wrist. So Brian Burke was the head of the disciplinary committee at the time. I phoned, phoned up Brian. I said, well, Jeff's out for six weeks now. That player deliberately broke his wrist, should be out for six weeks as well. And, uh, you know, in this case, if Panarin's gone for this season, then Tom Wilson Maybe he should be gone for this season as well. Bring him back for the playoffs. But uh, that kind of, and, and to, to context it in certain uh, uh, limitations as far as fining is concerned or and under the, the guise of a certain rule, there's, there's other ways of expanding the view of that incident, particularly with a repeat offender. And I like Tom Wilson as a player. Don't get me wrong. I like competitive guys. You know, my history, I love guys that were combative and hard-nosed and mean and, and uh, wanted to win badly. But, uh, 
you don't you don't appreciate somebody that is uh, like I said trying to take uh, take it to a point where you, you could disable the kid or or you could lose his career and that's just for me is un, uh, unacceptable and, and you know man up against some big man and, and go at it or whatever the case might might be but this again he seems and then the thing that that I don't know if you saw him in the penalty box after the drama his jersey's off and he's He's imitating that he's a tough guy, and I mean, come on, that that's just too much uh, drama for me, Scott. So, should the even if you're in the camp where he where you believe Wilson didn't deserve a long suspension, was there a common sense suspension, knowing that the two teams were going to play two days later, with the season? for the Rangers, all done anyway, other than playing out the string. This happening, happening in New York, which you know what the intensity level of New York is like, even with only a handful of people in the stands. Um, was the common sense decision there somehow to find a way to give them at least one game to avoid the rematch? Well, I, absolutely. And as you saw what unfolded in the, in the face-off, opening face-off, with the Rangers and and the Capitals in the subsequent game, and now you're into a, a Donnybrook, if you like, and then they set a, a record for the NHL the 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 most fights in the first ten minutes of a game or something of that effect. So, you know, common sense would have said keep them out of this game, it, and and uh, the Rangers, uh, you know, they're out of the playoffs. They're, they have no chance of going into the playoffs after the or in the next game so it would have been a, a real practical solution to maybe avoid I, I don't know uh, maybe the Rangers then because no one really responded in the first game to the incident now they were being uh, accused of that as as a team and as players and then they wanted to show that they could uh, get the uh, and it was described as stick together and I think their coach said that uh, they had to protect each other. Well, it was a little bit too much, too late for me. You, you, the response should have happened right away. Not, not uh, you know, that, Scott. The other. I'm sorry for interjecting, but the other way well, of settling these things out. I mean, I, I can tell you some great stories about uh, uh, an instant where a tough guy took on a a, a, a fellow that didn't fight or a, a, a skilled player. I would tell the other team, that's not a problem. We're going to have a dance, but we're going to pick the partners. And that young, skilled player over there, I, the tough guy is coming after him, not after the tough guy. Don't waste your energy. And I can tell you a little story about uh, uh, Knuckles Nyland in Montreal. He came over, I was coaching, and he challenged our bench, so I stood up. You know, uh, Knuckles was a great competitor and a combative guy as well and he comes over and uh, challenges our bench in Montreal in the old form I stood up on the bench and I said uh, what are you doing he said who are you what are you doing talking to me I'm talking to your players I said no 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 you talk to me first and then you can talk to my players he said what are you gonna do about it I said you know what I'm gonna do about it I really really enjoy people like you and I'm gonna trade for you well he started to laugh the whole team started to laugh and the whole situation, uh, you know, chilled out immediately with with humor, 
And uh, so the next game we go into Montreal for him, he comes over to the bench in the middle of the game again, stops and says, Mike, I'm waiting for the trade. I want to play for you. So everybody started laughing again. So it was, oh, it was a, 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 a way of diffusing a tough situation that could, that could be done. To your point, Mike, and uh, <laughs> not quite the same story, but, you know, Marty McSorley, who we both know and love and uh, was an excellent hockey player, but also a tough hockey player and uh, looked after the skilled guys on the various teams, Edmonton and, and L.A. especially, that he played for. Um, you didn't have Marty along the way, did you? Uh, no, just in Canada Cup. Just yeah. Can- yeah. But Marty used to tell the story that there'd be nights where somebody might be taking a liberty with a Gretzky or one of the, the skill guys on his team. And it was like, well, do you go hunt down the tough guy on the other team? Yeah, maybe at some point, but he said quite often what he would do would be skate by the other team's bench. And he'd look in the eyes of one of their small skill guys and say, you know, the dirty Harry line, are you feeling lucky tonight? And the guy would look at him. What do you mean? He says, cause you're going down. Yeah. <laughs> Again, so another- don't back off. You're going down. Yeah, so exactly. So it's an easy way of diffusing it. And unfortunately, I guess if you look at the roster, the New York Rangers didn't have that part of their game intact. And I think that Glenn Sather, who is the advisor to Mr. Dolan, he built his teams like that with great history and success. So... Uh, maybe something that the New York Rangers will have to adjust or deal with in terms of building their teams in the future. So that brings us to, okay, I've, I've made a note. I'm going to come back to that point in a second, but just the, what were your thoughts on the Rangers' re- reaction respond, response? rather? It was a game late. Exactly. That's my point. It, it was too much too late. Uh, okay, you come out and you, you initiate it, uh, Right off the the drop of the puck in the opening of the game, and and uh, you know the the Capitals were prepared for it. They they didn't shy away, uh, but again, that that type of situations should be resolved within the game immediately, and it wasn't by the Rangers. So, as I said, a little bit too much, too late. Uh, okay, they can be acknowledged as hanging in together and responding together and building their team together but uh, either they're very inexperienced or they had to be told what to do and and uh, I think that their coach kind of guide them in that regard because I heard his comments about sticking together and building our team and and so on and and that should have happened in the game the previous maybe game. they sorry Mike did did maybe they need to be told because when you think about it a lot of the tough guys are no longer in the game your fourth line guy often plays as many minutes as a third line guy and is a serviceable player a lot of times back in the day they they weren't let's be honest some were like a marty who was a great player uh but some weren't um and a lot of these kids have grown up at the various levels of hockey without fighting like if they play in junior hockey in canada and they fight they get kicked out of a game yeah, that's the evolution of the of the game, but uh, still a lesson learned. Uh, this is NHL hockey. This is professional hockey. This is people making players making their living, and uh, you know teams being built, and it's a very expensive sport, and 
And uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, not counting this year with the COVID, but uh, a lot of economic pressures involved. And and that part of I mean, who's going to come up with the problem solving for Tom Wilson when you play the Capitals? They're in your your division. You you better have a, an answer for it, or you're not going to win. And I think Mr. Dolan came to that conclusion. And as a result, there's major changes made in the management level in the New York Rangers. He saw we don't have a solution for that, and we better have one if we're going to succeed. We'll talk about that uh, after the break, but just before we go to break, uh, because as always comes up when uh, the NHL makes the front page of not the sports sections or the lead of the sports shows, but... The news shows and the newspaper in front of the newspaper was the two games, the two events. Were they a black mark for hockey, or were they just part of the game? Uh, an incident that uh, endangers a player's career is always a black mark in my mind. Um, the brawling or or the Donnie Brooks and so on that that's occurred, but it's the incident that you could have maimed a player that's the that's the black mark against the game there as i said earlier in this discussion there is no room for that kind of behavior okay with that we will take a break and we'll come back and uh, talk a little bit more about uh, what's transpired and we'll talk about an owner who you actually worked for and owners in general and uh, some of the things that they are prone to do uh, when we return with more of uh, the Mother's Day edition of the Iron Mike Keenan Show. Now back to the Iron Mike Keenan Show. The stories behind the stories from the hockey world. Here's Coach Iron Mike Keenan and Hockey Hall of Fame journalist Scott Morrison. Welcome back to the show, Mother's Day edition of uh, the Iron Mike Keenan Show. And... Uh, Talking about something mothers would not approve, Mike. Uh, the hockey moms would not have been impressed, or a lot of them, I don't think, with what uh, transpired this past week with uh, the Rangers and uh, the Washington Capitals. A lot of shenanigans on and off the ice. And uh, speaking of off the ice, on the on the heels of uh, of Tom Wilson not being suspended, only fined the five thousand dollars for uh, what ensued in that scrum in the Tuesday night game. The Rangers put out a skating press release about what they, how bad they thought his act was on the ice and uh, how bad they thought the act was of the National Hockey League and uh, George Peros, the head of uh, player safety. Your thoughts on A, putting out that release and then the contents. Well, I understand their frustration, certainly, and Mr. Dolan was completely frustrated with how they handled uh, this particular incident. Uh, however, uh, uh, knowing uh, the history of the NHL and uh, and how they deal with it, and particularly Mr. Bettman, it might have been uh, more practical or served better for Mr. Dolan to pick up the phone and call Gary Bettman. Uh, but he went public, and then he went a little bit in terms of uh, a personal attack uh on the the committee, and particularly one individual that's ahead of the committee, but uh, you just identified perils, but uh, uh, probably uh, could 
could have done it behind closed doors. And then the ensuing part of it was that Gary Bettman fined the New York Rangers $250,000, which to me, uh, and, uh, you know, for the New York Rangers to pay that, it's probably, it's, it's, it's healthy, but it's, it's, uh, I, I go back to, and I don't know if you recall or know, Scott, when, when I was, uh, 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 accused of, of le- le- uh, leaving the Rangers, Gary Bettman, and this is his first year, personally fined me $100,000 personally. In 1994. And it's a large chunk of money any day, but back then. Back then, f- and for one individual to pay it, not a company, not the New York Rangers, but for Mike Keenan to pay it. And, uh, you know, he said it was frontier justice, we don't have room for it in our game, and I understand all that, but by the way, uh, when a submission was made to the courts after the Rangers had fined me, it was dismissed immediately. Not the fine, uh, but the accusation. So we can get into that another time. But again, $250,000 for the New York Rangers isn't much. No, we've we've got another show coming up, so we will talk some more about that. And uh, to your point, Mike, uh, $250,000 fine. Uh, this past week, Forbes magazine, which is usually pretty close in its estimates, had the Rangers estimate. I think they're the third uh, valued franchise in pro sports at five billion dollars. So the joke is that James Dolan could probably find two hundred and fifty grand in the cushions of his couch. So with that, <laughs> we will say again, Happy Mother's Day, and we'll be back with more of the Iron Mike Keenan Show. Thanks for listening.